Welcome to Self-Compassionate Professor, a podcast helping academics and former academics to find wellness, meaning, purpose, and freedom in life and career. I'm Danielle Delamar. Glad you're here. Hello, hello, hello. It's Danielle Delamar, and this is episode 11 of Self-Compassionate Professor, and I gotta say, I have been excited to get on and talk to you today. I'm usually doing this last minute. I like to get it out on Sundays, and so I'm working on the podcast episode usually very last minute and trying to just put everything together as fast as I can and get it up and get it out. And um, that's usually on Sunday. And I guess it's telling because today, right now, as I'm speaking to you, it's Saturday, so I'm a little early this week, and it, it, and it really is because I'm excited to talk today. I'm excited to get on the podcast this week. Um, what is it about this week that is exciting? It is that I have hit sort of a spiritual bump in my road, <laughs> and... and it, I guess I call it a bump because it is making me rethink my regular ways of being in the world, right? It's making me slow down a bit and get more contemplative and get more, I don't know, maybe reach more deeply into myself to understand what's going on. Um, I feel more creative this week. I feel like, uh, I, I have had things come to me this week that can only be explained from some sort of a spiritual perspective. I started reading the book, What Color Is Your Parachute? And I've always... That book is about, it's for, gosh, what's, what does he say? It's for job changers or, I can't remember, job changers and career changers or something. And it's a classic. And I have been, it's been recommended that I read this book for a long time. And for the longest time, I've been like, eh, yeah, whatever. Another self-help book. I'm good. I, you know, I have other stuff that I'm reading that's interesting that I really want to focus on. But uh, for some reason, no, it's not just for some reason. There, it was a very particular reason. Somebody in my group, I organized the local Colorado versatile PhD group, and somebody in that group had she's amazing and has been reading all these career things and I asked her if she would mind you know compiling a little list for us for the group and and one of the books on the list was what color is your parachute and she said if you read nothing else read this and when she said that I was like what what color is your parachute? I never, I mean, maybe it was the title. I don't know what it was, but I've never been really compelled to read it until she said that. So anyway, I ended up getting the book and I started reading it and I started doing the exercises in it. Um, he does this flower exercise where you 
so each petal of the flower is some part of your work life. Um, and so you have to sit and identify, oh, we're getting some sort of emergency thing. Oh, it's an amber alert. Um, there's an amber, amber alert, three-year-old Savannah Camille. Um, she's traveling possibly with someone named Ricky Trujillo in a 2006 white Ford Explorer with a broken out window covered in plastic and black tape and black spiked rims. Okay, so anyway, um, that's the Amber Alert I just got, which completely derailed me. <clears throat> but I'm glad we have Amber Alerts now. Anyway, so what I was saying is in this book, What Color Is Your Parachute, the author, Bowles, has this exercise. It's uh, So he has this flower exercise where there are six, pa six petals and then there's the middle of the flower. And in the middle of the flower is your purpose, uh, your mission sort of in life, right? And then each petal represents a piece of that larger purpose. And so it's like the type of people you want to work with, the atmosphere or the physical environment you want to work in, uh, the skills you have. And then once you have all of your six petals, and by the way, this project is kind of a big project. I haven't finished it yet, but I have done a lot of good work on it this week. Um, but once you have it all created, you're able to take a look at this one piece of paper and be like, this is who I am. And this is kind of, and this should guide me in looking for work or, you know, discovering what I should do next kind of thing. And um, it's been such oh, a powerful exercise. And I guess what's been most powerful for me is there's, there's a place where you're supposed to write seven different stories about how you've solved seven different problems. And you have to talk about, you know, what kind of challenges you had and then and then, you know, what you did to resolve them. And then in the end, what was that tangible solution that you came up with? And for the longest time, I was like, I don't know. I have no idea. What could I even talk about? And I ended up writing a story about, you know, giving birth. Um, it was, uh, I was in a place where I was completely panicked and freaking out and not able to have an epidural and obviously that was my problem <laughs> and so then I had to figure out how to deal with it and for me it was this remembering that I had read something by Deepak Chopra that said turn in to the pain turn into the reality and once I was told I couldn't have an epidural I did. I turned into the pain and the reality of it, and I just accepted that this was going to hurt a whole lot. And when the pain showed up, I don't try to run from it or avoid it. I turn into it. So that was one of the problems I wrote about having solved. 
and, and then you're supposed to write seven different stories. And so I've had a lot, uh, there's a lot of different stories, you know, like how did I decide that I wanted to be a career coach? What were the steps to become, to, to clarifying that, um, part of my entrepreneurial journey? Uh, and, and so I wrote about that and, and, and anyway, just writing these stories has been so, so freaking clarifying. I just have this sense that I know who I am, right? Like I, and, and, uh, not just that I know who I am, but I have confidence in my abilities and my skills. So anyway, once you write those stories, you're, you're supposed to go back to those stories and look at what skills you have based on the stories you've written. So anyway, it's a really, really, really cool exercise. Anyway, so I do the exercise. I am reading through this exercise and, and somebody who'd written about, you know, how it sort of changed their life or how it's been really helpful to them or something. And I look at this guy's name and I'm like, oh, this, so it's, so to be clear, I'm not talking about the author. I'm talking about somebody who's gone through a workshop from the author, right, that, that the author conducted, a workshop the author conducted. And there is a, like a testimony in there, this guy who says, look, I went through this workshop, I, I created my flower and I come back to my flower all the time to make all sorts of different decisions. Um, you know, decisions about personal life, decisions about work life, all of it. And I looked at this guy's name and I was like, oh my God, this man is in Colorado. I should call him. And you know, old Danielle would have never done this. New Danielle is open to doing crazy stuff like this. So what do I do? I email this guy. I find him online, <laughs> right? I look at his name in the book. I find him online. I email him and he's super, super kind. And like, oh yeah, this was early in the week. And he's super kind and says to me, yeah, let's meet later on this week. And so what do I do? I get to have a phone call with him on uh, yesterday. So Friday of this week. And I was so excited to have this phone call. So, so excited. So I get on the phone with him and I don't, I don't know why I feel uncomfortable revealing his name, but I do. And I guess I feel uncomfortable because you know, I never asked him if I could talk about him on the podcast. So that's why I'm not going to say his name. I guess if you have the book, what color is your parachute? And you look at the flower activity and you look at the testimony, you would know who I'm talking about, but, um, I won't reveal his name, at least not right now. Um, I have plans to talk to him more in the future. And so maybe, um, maybe later after I get his permission, I'll go ahead and reveal his name. But for now, let me just say that this man is very, very wise. And I have done a whole lot of interviews, a whole lot of reaching out to a whole lot of career people, career counselors, career coaches, career, um, like career development center directors at universities, a whole lot of different people. And every conversation has been really interesting and really, really helpful. But this guy was different. The conversation I had with him was, uh, it, it, it like reached a deeper level. 
he wanted me to talk and usually I can just ask people questions and they'll answer them and you know it's like a typical informational interview so you know tell me about your job what do you what do you like about it what don't you like about it how did you get into it all the stuff right what advice would you give to somebody like me and this guy didn't really want to go there as much as other people not that he wouldn't answer my questions but he wanted me to answer questions too um he's a he really is a very skilled career coach um although i think he would he would um identify himself as a as a career counselor and uh anyway he i kid you not had me crying i was crying in this conversation with him and the reason i was crying is that he had me thinking about my life differently in uh, in that he talked a whole lot about slowing down you know the guys in his 60s he he told me that you know career for him is about life roles it's about you know your parent role and your spouse role and your work role and it's not just about your job and he talked about how you know some days you're crabby or some moments you're crabby and some moments you're a good vulnerable present uh, spouse and some moments you're terrible <laughs> right and some days you can work I think he said 27 hour days and I was like 27 hours my you know my logical mind's like but that's not there's only 24 hours in a day but his whole point was you know sometimes I want to be a work addict and sometimes I don't want to work at all I want to just binge watch tv and sometimes I'm healthy enough to be a good partner or parent and sometimes I'm just not and we're never, we're never consistently the same thing all the time. And sure, we all know this to be true, right? But there was just something about this conversation that really hit me and reminded me that what I'm trying to do, right? This, this entrepreneurial journey, journey that I am on is not about getting to the place. It's not about getting to this successful career coaching business. It's about, it's about approaching each area of my life with some integrity, with as much in integrity as I can muster, right? It's about being honest about who I am and what I want to do and where I want to go. And it's okay to fail regularly, but to also know that I can be successful regularly as well. And I came off that phone call feeling like, uh, in some ways, I can do anything. I can go anywhere. Um, it felt very empowering, but in the same way, it felt like I wasn't in complete. I wasn't in charge completely. I had to ride a journey that is is co-created with other people. I had to ride on this sort of life journey bus that 
is about co-creation and co-design and and creativity and meeting each moment with a sense of newness and sort of infancy and being okay with how things unfold and I, I found myself being like, you know, I could apply for a job and, and I've been on the fence about applying for jobs um, and part of me knows that it would be a really good idea to work in in like a career center or in some career development, career education at, at a university and and I, I'm just, I, I wanted to do it, part of me always wants to do it but then I have another part of me that's like, no, Danielle, that's not actually what you want to do. That's not where you're going. What I learned from this guy, though, is that it's all a process. And maybe, maybe that's not where I want to go ultimately. I mean, I do think I want to be an entrepreneur ultimately. I do think I want to be a career coach in private practice ultimately. But maybe I do need to spend some time at a career development center really learning more about who I am and what I want and what kind of people I want to work with and, and, and really practicing helping people with career. So that's what that conversation was about. It was, it, it turned out to be this, this bigger, more, ex more abstract, more sort of <laughs> existential conversation than what I've been used to when I talk to other people in these kinds of, of positions. So I read, what color is your parachute? I haven't, I didn't read the whole book, but I'm working through what color is your parachute. I'm working on the flower exercise. Then I end up talking to this guy and he emphasizes to me how important it is that I just live my life with presence, really. I mean, that was really the ultimate message I got from that conversation. Then on top of this, I, for whatever reason today, I, I just keep thinking, you know, I really just, I want to go make the podcast. There's something that's pulling at me today. There's something that's telling me to make the podcast. And I pull out this book that I read way, way back in the day. It's called Yoga and the Quest for the True Self by Stephen Cope. And this book speaks to mid-career crises and specifically he's not talking about mid-career necessarily he's talking about mid-life crises and there's all this stuff where he draws on Jung and he talks about his own career crisis in his mid-30s and I gotta tell you I was reading this book and really really hit hard by this book when I was in my mid-30s just after I had had my first baby and I was trying to work full-time and, and and my job was not what I what I wanted it to be I was burned out I was trying to figure out how to be a parent for the first time and I would go on Sunday mornings to Starbucks and read this book I'm, I'm telling you, like 6.30 a.m., right, right when Starbucks open, I would be there 
reading this book and feeling, he talks about a cocoon in this book, and I would feel a sense of cocooning. I was, it, it was a very soothing book for me to read. I felt comforted by the cocoon that was the Starbucks and this book. And um, it, it was a time that was just for me. It was a time that wasn't work-related. It was a time that wasn't parenting-related. I didn't have to be a wife and a mother and a, all the stuff, right? I could just be me and I could turn into the reality of the crisis that I was going through. And the crisis that I was going through was that I was having a midlife crisis. Okay, so again, reading What Color Is Your Parachute, talk to this guy, have the super meaningful conversation, start crying while I'm on the, on the phone with him. Then I get home today after being outside with my family and I find the book Yoga and the Quest for the True Self that I used to read you know, several years ago when my seven-year-old was a baby. Okay, so all that stuff is happening, right? Then, this week, the other thing that happened is that I have a client say to me through tears, am I just going through a midlife crisis? Is that what this is? Uh, right, this is somebody who's going through a mid-career transition. It's hard. It's really hard. She's in her 40s, and she says this to me, and I'm like, uh, yes, that is what this is. Welcome. <laughs> so, all right. So those are the four major events that happened this week that have put me in this weird spiritual place. Um, like, like I said, the, the sort of spiritual speed bump, or maybe it's a speed bump of life, a life speed bump, um, that forces me to turn into spirit and, and sort of away from, from just the everyday and the mundane. So all of that now is to say, I want to read some of Stephen Cope's book, the one I just mentioned. And I'm going to start on page seven, and I'm not going to read all of it. All of I'm going to go from pages seven to ten. I won't read all of pages seven through ten, but I'm going to read some parts that are particularly meaningful that I think contextualize what I have been saying previously about this week. So this is what Stephen Cope says. In his mid-30s, he started having his own crisis, and he says that he sat down with a friend after yoga one night, and the two of them, she was in the same place as, as he was, just kind of not happy with life and the way things were, and not understanding why and feeling a little anxious, and the two of them sat together after a yoga class and wrote down on a, on a placemat, on a paper placemat, with a, with a big red crayon. They wrote, a search for the quiet in which the small inner voice could be heard, a longing for the authentic and the real, a visceral need for self-expression, a sense of rebellion against the captivity of our old lives, 
and a sense of something unimaginable about to be born out of the disorganization of our lives. And then he has a section on the following page called Waking Up. And he says that he started noticing a remarkable number of clients coming to him to consult with him. Oh, by the way, he's a psychotherapist. To consult with him about the same issues that he and his friend were, were facing. Um, right? So we're talking this sort of midlife crisis. And he says, they often showed up at my office because they had symptoms of depression or anxiety, sometimes psychosomatic symptoms, or what appeared at first glance to be unresolved identity issues. And while the story changed, the core problem was often remarkably similar some disappointment in work or in love, some illness or some breakdown in the familiar structures of their life, or perhaps something more positive like a love affair or a serious promotion at work had awakened them from the trance of their daily life. A crisis had forced them to look under the surface of things. In the process of falling apart, these clients had been forced to discover a richness of inner resources they had not known existed. And in the process, they found a hidden depth to themselves and the world around them. What the heck, right? This is what I have experienced this week. And then I read these words and they capture exactly what I've experienced. What we are dealing with in midlife the, the crisis, the spiritual crisis, the, the heartache, the something that's sort of shaking us into this like awakened state. It, it's basically that this is happening basically because we are not able to live our lives the way we've learned how to live our lives. Like the old stuff is no longer working. And I love this, uh, Martha Beck in her, in an academic book she wrote, I think it, this was her dissertation. She turned it into a book, um, and it's called breaking point and where she interviewed just uh, a whole bunch of women. And one of them, Maxine, she called her was 50 years old at the time of the interview. And she talked about this experience of, of changing, of sort of morphing into something new and different, of seeing like her old life become uh, all of a sudden no longer bearable. And Maxine says, do you know what happens when a caterpillar changes into a butterfly? It's not like a tadpole growing into a frog where you see its little legs popping out of its body and its eyes getting bigger and the new thing clearly grows from the old thing. That's not how caterpillars do it. A caterpillar makes its little cocoon, goes inside, and then it dissolves. 
for a while, it doesn't look like anything. It's just this puddle of gel, this mass of goo. I mean, caterpillars aren't all that impressive looking to begin with, but once they get in that cocoon, let me tell you, it's straight downhill for a while. And then this lump, this blob, this thing that shows no promise whatsoever, reorganizes itself into the most amazing, magical creature. Long legs, huge wings, brilliant colors, all the rest of it. And you know what? I know exactly how that feels. All right, so I'm gonna go back to that part about, and then this lump, this blob, this thing that shows no promise whatsoever, reorganizes itself. This is the midlife crisis, right? This is what my client is crying about and saying, oh my God, is this what's, ha is this what's happening? Am I having a midlife crisis? Yes, you are supposed to feel like crap. You are supposed to feel like nothing's working. You are supposed to feel like you can't do anything right. This is how it works. And when you surrender to that, feeling that <laughs> it's all impossible. None of it makes sense. I'm so confused. You surrender to that feeling and say, you know what? I'm human and I don't know anything about anything. And that's okay. I'm just going to live my life the best I can. And, and I'm going to let myself melt down and I'm going to let myself freak out. And once we're able to do that, that's the moment that we're able to emerge as butterflies, right? That's the moment we're able to start emerging with the long legs and the huge wings and the brilliant colors. And that feels good because we're connected to ourselves in a way we've never been before. So yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about today. I wanted to talk about my crazy week, my very emotional week, my very sort of spiritual week, and what came out of this week was this sort of reckoning. Like, you know what? It's really gonna be okay if I don't do things in exactly the way I believe I have to or in exactly the way these people say I should or those people say I should. It's okay to just live my life and surrender to what's in front of me and just like um, Anna says on Frozen 2, right? Do the next the next best thing. And that's essentially what this week's message has been for me. And hopefully it's a message that resonates with you right now. Um, I think that I was compelled to and excited to do today's podcast because I really had something to say. And my guess is that it's going to resonate with some people. And, um, hopefully give you a little sense of solace and a sense that you're not alone and that it's okay to melt down and that our culture doesn't support a midlife meltdown. That's something you're supposed to do early on when you're young, right? Oh, I don't know what to do with my career. And, and you get thrown into 
college and you get, you know, professors that will guide you and career counselors that will guide you and academic advisors that will guide you. You have all these resources and you don't have that in mid-career. You just don't. And it's not your fault that it feels terrible, right? It's okay that it feels terrible and it's okay to melt down. And eventually, if you pay attention to the signs, if you pay attention to what's going on around you and you engage with life little by little, doing things in just bearable ways, eventually you'll come out of that hole that feels so painful right now. All right. Have a great day, everyone. And happy Mother's Day. That's tomorrow. Yay. Take care. Thanks for joining me today on Self-Compassionate Professor. I'm Danielle Delamar, wishing you a wonderful day and much happiness, health, and peace. Take care.